Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, what's up? This is Militia, as in Militia is my name, as in Militia from Judas Priestess, as in Militia Vox. And you're listening to Talking Metal. Freaks, this is Talking Metal. Tonight's guest, Militia. And now, your hosts, Mark and John. Thank you, Bud Friendly. Hey, I'm sitting here at the Gibson Guitars showroom with Mark Striegel and our very special guest, Militia, who is our good friend from Judas Priestess, our solo act, Militia Box, and you guys might have seen her on MTV2, Fuse, and VH1 as a VJ. Yeah, Militia, thanks so much for joining us for what, the third or fourth time? Fifth? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. I was trying to think of how many times I've, I've been here with you guys. I think it's... Yeah, Yeah, I think this is the fourth time. Sounds right. Mm. And it's so great to have you back. We love to catch up with you every now and again because you always have so much stuff going on. What is the current status of Judas Priest? Judas Priestess, I should say. (laughs) I saw saw you playing a gig in Alaska. That's amazing. How, How do you get a gig in Alaska? They have approached us every year since our incarnation to play in Alaska. I guess there's a lot of like Eskimo metalheads or something. But um, yeah, they've asked us every year, and every year, like, there's always like one girl in the band that can't do it. And this year, I finally was like, "Fuck that shit!" I was like, "We're going." And I was like, "You guys have something else going on?" I was like, "Bullshit, cross it off." I was like, "We're going." So 
this venue up in Juneau said that they want us for Halloween, so we're gonna do a but Halloween Juneau, party. Where is, I don't, is that by Anchorage or what, where is That's that? like in the heart of the state. That's the capital. Oh, okay. That's the state capital. So we're doing um, Halloween and November first in Juneau. That's awesome. At um, a Marlentini's Lounge, it's called. It's a pretty cool spot. I mean, I've seen videos of it online. They've had like national, international acts in there. And uh, they got a budget. They figured, I guess, like not a lot of people are going to be like touring through Alaska. So they got to like kind of cough up the beans to get some people to come out there and entertain their frigid asses. Right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, who, I know since since the, the early days when you came on with uh, with Judas Priestess, the members, some certain members have changed. Can you tell us sure. who is currently in the band? Um, the current lineup for 2013 is myself, obviously, on vocals. Uh, Gita Gash, co-founder on uh, bass. And uh, we have Josette, who's been in there for two years now on lead guitar. Uh, we have Hilary Blaze on drums. She's been there for about two years. And our latest member to uh, our coven, is uh, Miss Raina Sands, a.k.a. Raina Petrucci, on guitar. Very, very cool. Um, any relation to Roxy Petrucci? No, but related to... There is a relation. Yeah, there. she's yeah, married to John Petrucci of Dream Theater. Oh, yeah. wow. Very yeah, cool. that's awesome. Roxy, now she I don't know. She is the Roxy... drummer from Vixen. From Vixen, yeah. yeah. We actually spoke to her because when, um, when JoJo, uh, our original drummer, had to step down uh, due to health problems, um, we were frantically looking for a girl that could play this shit, and there was like zero. And uh, we started thinking, oh, what about those girls from Vixen? Those girls can play. Like, wouldn't yeah. that be cool to get like the drummer, you know, Roxy, up in here? And she was interested, but she lives in Detroit. She lives far wow. away. So she said, yeah, if you're ever passing through, you know, give me a shout, and I'd love to like guest play with you guys. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Now, how is this that uh, it's really cool? John Petrucci, great guitar player, and now his wife, also a great musician. Yeah, I mean, she's phenomenal. I mean, most people, unless you're like part of the local scene, like New York, New Jersey scene, I don't know if um, how big the band was that she was in before, but they were very popular in the 80s, a band called Mean Streak. Okay. And uh, they were all girls and really heavy, you know, and they were doing their thing. And then, like, I guess like three out of those girls end up marrying. Guys from Dream Theater, it's kind of <laughs> weird how that happens. Now, here's the thing. It's hard enough for like bands just to find new members, but yeah. I bet it's harder for a group that's an all-female Judas Priest uh, band to find members. Now, how did you guys go about finding the new people in your group? You have no fucking idea. It's like damn near impossible because it seems like, I mean, there's a lot of, I shouldn't even say a lot. There's a small percentage of girls that play. However, for whatever reason, they're not encouraged to be like great at their craft, a lot of them. I think a lot of them get by on tits and ass and hair and lipstick and makeup and whatever, you know? And it was really hard to find girls that were on the same level, especially playing this kind of stuff. Right. Like there's certain positions, it's like if you can't play, it shows. You know, everybody has to be top notch. You can't have any weak links. I mean, you're only as good as your weakest link, you know? So it's like, I mean, I think one of the hardest positions to fill was drums, was damn near impossible. Hillary lives in Boston. She commutes all the way down 
from Boston to play with us because wow, a yeah there's no really good projects up there to use her abilities you know for her anyway at least that she's found and there's no girls around here that are playing this heavy type of music so she, it's worth it she will commute because it's worth it to her to play with girls that are on her level right i mean because to, to play judas priest stuff you've got to be a double bass player yeah you you've got to be a heavy hitter sure you know you can't be like no offense to this kind of music but like you know, no, like, offend. Please. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe like the Runaways were a great band, but they were more of like a kind of like a rock yeah. and roll punk thing. Like, right. you, and I used to be a, like the only guy in a, a female uh, fronted group called Cherry Red. And we were playing like, you know, I wasn't doing anything spectacular in that band on the drums. Were you the cherry? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I was. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, I wasn't playing like, uh, you know, what you know, some technical drumming, but Judas Priest, I right. mean, Scott Travis, uh, I mean, current drummer of the band, uh, you know, huge, phenomenal player. Sure. Not to mention Lester Binks, my favorite sure. drummer of the band. Who, yeah. When Lester was in the band, he just had such swing, which, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, you know, on those uh, two records, I believe he did with them, there, it was just a uh, phenomenal drummer and, and uh, very overlooked and, and very different drummer from from some of the other drummers who are in the band. So obviously, a cover band like Judas Priestess is going to need a very diverse drummer, you know, who can handle all the different styles of all the different drummers that Judas Priest has. Right, right. There's that, but we also kind of like take things and like add our own like sexy little female spin on it. So there's some parts where like we will take liberties and be like, oh, you know, it would sound really great, you know, if we added kick during this this part. Or we added double bass during this part to keep the adrenaline going. So, like, we've kind of, like, sauced out a couple parts where it's like, well, if I wrote it, I would love it if it did this, you right. know? So, I mean, please, we all wish we wrote it, right? Yeah. But, um, like, finding a drummer was her a horrifying process. I was so relieved when we found Hillary. I'd actually met Hillary, like, a couple of years back because she was in an all-girl band called Jaded from Boston. I had heard of Jaded, and yeah. I know that they had played at a couple Kiss conventions, I think. Yeah, yeah. yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually good friends with Britt Lightning, who's the guitar player. And uh, it was crazy because there was a period of time where we needed a guitarist, and Britt wanted to do it, and then we ended up taking someone else. Wow. And, and then she ended up getting this, like, overseas gig. Like, she's, like, touring, like, Spanish-speaking countries now. Wow. Like, so she would have had to drop out anyway. Yeah, so, so it, kind of it ended up working out yeah, better in your out. case because then you would have been back on a guitar player searching. Yeah. If you would have but then when, when we had to replace our, you know, when we've had to replace guitar players, man, that equally sucks as well because a lot of girls are, like, Maybe kind of strong-ish rhythm players, but as far as soloing, forget right. about it. It's just like, now, it's very disheartening, you know? It's very disheartening. And then I start getting precious about what I have with these girls because I'm like, I feel really lucky to be with like the most badass bitches around because these other girls just can't hang. I mean, the audition process was fucking, I wish I had video of it. It was fucking horrendous. Now, some of the girls that were in the band and left the band, were, was that because musically they weren't pulling it or was there other conflicts involved with them? Yeah. Well, so far, only one girl has left due to, like, you know, personal reasons, which I'm sure I'm, I'm still not even sure what her reasons are exactly. It's kind of like weird. But 
that's the dynamic of girl bands. It's really hard to keep them together. We played this game before yeah. in the room outside. <laughs> Name a girl band that's had all original members longer than three years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Lots of words. We cannot. I, I think it's impossible to do, right? For I don't know. I'd like to think that it's not, but... but. It, the, the the statistics don't lie. Yeah, right? what about so the numbers Kitty, don't lie? Uh, how They're not original members. Yeah, right. There's there's Mercedes and there's Morgan and that's it. Everyone else has hired guns, you know. So it's like, I don't know what this says about females, but speaking from experience, if someone has been in, um, you know, all male bands and I was the only girl and then been in all girl bands like several times, it's like, it's it is a different energy and you deal with shit you wouldn't even believe in a girl band that you wouldn't deal with in a guy band get out so because <laughs> mark and i both have experience with all girl bands as i was saying i was the drummer in an uh, all girl except for me band and then mark's wife emily was the singer in an all girl band but i don't know if they had a they had a guy drummer i guess yeah they had like a guy drummer and sometimes that happens yeah. we've had to play with a guy before because we couldn't find a drummer. Wow. It was like fucking, I was like, look, I was like, there's like two things that we could do. There's two ways to go about it. We either put a girl on that sucks, right. or we put a guy on that's great. I would rather play with, with a the great guy. Great guy, yeah. And so that's how we figured it out. And this guy, my friend Mike Manzo stepped in, and he was Michelle for 24 hours. And it Did was he all dress good. up like a girl? Or? No, no, you wish. I, I saw you get excited. Did you dress up like a girl in your girl band? No, no, no. But you were still the cherry. Yep. Yeah, I, I was the. Uh... <laughs> the cherry. Yeah, I, that's why I have black hair, believe it or not, because all the girls in the band, when I was in it, uh, looked like. Um, uh, from the Adams family, uh, Morticia. Morticia, yeah, hot, and uh, they it. all had straight, long black hair. And when I joined the band, I looked like uh, I was like the drummer from Slaughter or, or something like that, and I had like long, curly blonde hair. So that was the transition. You had long, curly blonde hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are you naturally curly? Yeah, naturally, slightly curly, and, and I used to be naturally like. Uh, Did you get like a perm? Hair. I had perms and uh, you I had, had a perm. Uh, yeah, you back in the day. This I know. We will we'll leave it in. We'll leave it in. Yeah. You had a perm? Yeah. The fuck? Did you have a perm? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. So thank you. <laughs> Gary's producer. Fun Friendly is producing. Yeah. I had uh, I had a perm. I think I had four perms like in wow. 87, 88 era. Yeah. You and heard it here, folks. The first one I had, I came home with the perm and my dad was like, what the hell? He's like, you go back. He's like, he's like, he's like, what happened? And I was like, I went to the salon in downtown. I got the, and he was like, and it was like, I spent all my own money on it. It was expensive. For it was like your a, perm. An yes. 11th grader. And he, he was like, we're going to the barber shop. And he took oh me down. And I was so stupid that I, I didn't really even have long hair. And I took a picture of Robin Crosby from rat into this hair salon. And I said, I want to look like this. And the lady is like, well, there's really no way that, that you're going to end up. Like it. And I Reality. said, no, yeah, yeah. It's going to look just like it. And so they gave me this perm and I look, it was so bad that like I went, I was, I think I was in ninth grade. I went home and it came out so not like Robin Crosby. And, uh, and uh, oh I just God. remember like going and there was this, I just put my head down and I was like in my room and I was like, 
probably crying. I'm like, I can't believe this. It was the worst haircut you've ever. I mean, it was the. It wasn't oh the God. the hairdresser's fault. It was it was my fault because she just blatantly said, "There's no way that you're Aww. gonna look like Robin Crosby." Well, they still yeah. went for it and took your money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, was, so. yeah they they still did. Yeah. And uh, but then then I later uh, wound up getting perms and I kind of looked like Bon Jovi for a while, and then and then after that I uh, looked like uh, like. Mike Tramp or something from White Lion <laughs> or Blossy Lies from Slaughter. Did you get laid like Bon Jovi? No, like because <laughs> that, that's the the mental brain part of me uh, uh, screwed that part up. But <laughs> if I would have just kept my mouth shut, I could have possibly gotten laid more. But I, I went through a big Shirley Temple phase where uh, I had also had a blonde perm. Thank you. <laughs> very, very revealing by by oh all of the God. talking metal team here. Mark, me, and of course Bud Friendly with, See, like, with that tidbit. I didn't need a perm. Yeah, I never need a perm. I did straighteners. I did the opposite. Ah, yeah, no, it was terrible. It was terrible because, like, why even mess with this? Just let it go. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's my hair. It grew, that's how yeah, it grows great, yeah. out of my head. You're lucky. People who don't have naturally curly or hair with body um, want it. You know? Right. Right. And when I was growing up, I used to want straight hair because I thought, oh, I would like look more normal or whatever. When I feel like maybe there's no way for me to look normal ever. So where did you grow up, Militia? I grew up in Maryland, Maryland, like in the middle of a like a horse farms and oh, like wow. fucking like like it was very like country suburban type area, and I was just this like one weirdo kid in the middle of like all these normal. People and like, of course, like went to private school, so it just made me weirder. And like, you know, it was just like more weird. Anything more that my parents could have done to make me more odd or off the beaten track, like they did it. They didn't realize that they were doing it, but that's how it ended up. And did you come directly to New York from Maryland? Or absolutely. Were there, yeah. Well, I mean, I went to college in Boston, so okay. that was like my incubator before I came to right. a bigger city. Yeah, you went to school in Boston? Yes. Where'd you yeah, go? Well, for a year, I went to Berkeley. Oh, I went yeah. to Boston Conservatory. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I uh, used to live on Hemingway. Oh, That's where I met I him, know it well. The Hemingway oh. dorms, yeah. Oh, shit, that's fucking Yeah, crazy. I didn't live in the Hemingway dorms, but he did. I lived but, on the fans. I was on the Fenway. Oh, okay. You know the fans. Yeah. Holy shit. I saw some shit in there, honey. That shit is wild. Did you ever go in there? You know, I, I would walk through the fins, like, on the way over to, like, places like Axis. Was that I a used club? To work at you used to work at Axis? Very cool. I was a go-go cool. dancer. Oh, my God. Wow. That's a funny one. Yeah. I uh, once made... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's out there. <laughs> I once made fake Axis backstage passes, and then I realized Ooh. that... Uh, yeah, this was, like, in, in like, 1988 uh, or nine uh -huh. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can't get you. But here's the funny thing: what I what I realized is that, and this is a really cool thing. This is back when backstage passes. It was like a white piece of paper with right. like the word "axis" and a skull on it or something. And mm -hmm. and but here's the funny thing: mine looked exactly the same because it was just like a photocopy on mm -hmm. sticker paper. But they did it on paper that wouldn't glow in blacklight, and my passes were like oh, bright purple. So like so they, they they I don't think I ever even used them like, but uh, I I got the idea to make them, and then I quickly realized the first time I went there that mine weren't on the right kind yeah, of paper. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, I used to work at all those clubs. That I heard that they're not even there anymore on Lansdowne Street. Like 
um, what was it, Avalon, Axis, yeah. Lansdowne Playhouse, Mamakin. Like they're all, they all like share the same staff. So when I was in college, I would like, you know, 8 a.m. liberal arts and then like ear training and piano and tap dancing and ballet dancing and theater and Shakespeare class and rehearsal for whatever show I was in and then grab dinner and then go to the club and dance for however many hours wearing like a butterfly costume or like dressed as like some exotic creature like in swing in a huge you know in a swing on the ceiling while there's like 2,000 people rolling on ecstasy dancing underneath me. Right. Wow. And then I would leave at like two in the morning with like a nice check and then get up yeah. and do it again. Yeah. yeah. So like I didn't channel? sleep much. The channel? Was that around when you were there? Mm-mm. Yeah, the channel. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. we're, we're really? older than you are. Yeah. I remember seeing King Diamond and Trouble, a, a <gasps> cool. double bill at the, at the channel. I saw Paul Stanley solo tour 1989 and warrant was the opening act at the channel Jeez. yeah and this is before i understood like that what like taped background vocals were and after the oh. gig i was at some places and i was talking to one of the guys in warrant and i was like man and i think that he thought that i was being sarcastic like and i was like those backup vocals are freaking great and like <laughs> he's thinking that i'm going like you idiots are taping your backup vocals but i meant it i was like man they are great and i go i can't believe how good see, they are like see it. now that shit's like standard now yeah. everyone does it i mean i don't do it but like so many people do it it's like it's almost like if they don't do it it's like oh what well, your show doesn't sound as full right. like the audio doesn't sound good and i'm just like I don't know. It's it's to me as a performer, like I'm a little anti it for for my own purposes. Like I can't even imagine being at a stage where it's like you have to do taped background vocals. But I've been a part of shows where things were heavily taped, and it's just kind of like when you're on the road and you're banging out a lot of shows in a row, it is a safety net, so you know that everyone consistently sounds good. Like I understand their purpose, but I've been to shows where the lead vocals were on a tape and that shit blows my mind because i'm like why are you showing up to work because that just means that you can't deliver you know like why are you showing up to work I'd rather see somebody like with a hoarse voice and, and sing out of tune than sing. Me you too. Know. I would rather see yeah. like it's the whole thing about live playing. Like, right? I don't I w- think I'd you rather can be... see it live. Absolutely. Exactly. Which is a great segue because I, I ran into you at the the Sabbath concert. Oh yeah. And. Uh, it's not a great segue, but I thought Ozzy, I mean, I was expecting the worst because he'd obviously had some trouble at the Texas shows and there were video clips circulating, nice. but I thought he sounded pretty good for a guy in his mid sixties. What, what was your opinion? I heard some fucking wonky notes, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, ugh. like, it's like, I love Ozzy so much. I think him as a person, he's so cool. I love his whole energy. I love the empire he's created. You know, I think it's fucking phenomenal. I like his lyrics. I think they're smart lyrics. Um, and, you know, he's he's an icon for a reason. You know, it's not like one of those people that's like, they're famous for what? It's like, no, he's created something. Right. He put his stamp on it and it's, it's grown into this thing. Sabbath is one of my favorite bands of all time. I was geeking out like a child at this show. You know, bad notes or anything, but I at least was just like, at least there's no tape. At least he's doing it for real. Yeah. I appreciate hearing his live voice. Yeah. More exactly. so than wanting to hear like the recordings that I have at home, you know, that I could listen to at my leisure. Yes. You know, so totally. like 
when he hit some fucked up notes, I was just like, oh, man, that's ballsy. Because right. it's like, you know, the money that's probably on the line for each show. I mean, yeah. he's like making some great fucking money. There. Yeah. And you know what? Everyone was happy. Yeah. There were so many people I spoke to, though, that were like, there was one thing I didn't like about that show. And that was the price gouging. I felt like they gouged the fuck out of their fans. Yeah, you don't even, we had, uh, we had 11th row, and I'm not even going to say what we paid for tickets. Say it. We didn't, well, okay. Go for uh, it. We didn't scalp tickets. We bought them officially through Live Nation or whatever, and it was like the VIP package, and, and they were, uh, I think, 350 a seat. Yeah. Oh, I thought so. you were going to say worse than that. No. Yeah, I thought no. you were going to say 1000 yeah. no, cuz you know they did have VIP packages with the meet and greet that were yeah, 1000. Yeah, and thousand. they were selling out. Yeah, you could meet you could meet Ozzy for like 2 minutes and yeah. and have in the first 10 rows for 1000. I wanted a to do that but my 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 Everyone wife like, wanted no to way. do that too. Sharon's a motherfucker. I love that bitch. Yeah. And you know why? Cuz she just does it. Like people would be like that's preposterous. That's crazy. You can't ask for these she does it. Right. And, and people, people pay, pay it. it. Yeah. Right. It's amazing what she's done. I saw her sitting backstage. I oh, saw her she was sitting at that back show? there. Yeah. yeah. At the PNC show. Because I had passes for that show. Oh, so okay. I was like, she was sitting right side of the stage watching everything. Huh, and I was like, you fucking work, bitch. Like, that's her man. She is running the business of his life. And right. it's just, she's there. Like, if it wasn't for her, who knows where Ozzy would be? Seriously, Very let's true. be realistic. You know, no doubt so about behind it. every man, there's a strong, strong woman. woman. Yep, that's right. I I want to just uh, in, insert a little uh, uh, interlude here. A little cherry. <laughs> yeah, a little cherry. Yes. Um, I recently bought this uh, DVD, and it's a reissue, and it is called. Um, What's that, Mark? What's the, uh, and I'm having a mental block. What's the live uh, Speak of the Devil? Mm -hmm. And it's not the, it's not the Speak of the Devil album, but what it is, it's a concert from, I think, Irvine, California of Ozzy with Brad right. Gillis on guitar. And, and they're doing like, you know, like the regular Diary of a Madman tour. Mm -hmm. And Ozzy sounds amazing mm -hmm. on this concert. And uh, it, it's, I think it's a must have for any fan of Ozzy. Go buy the Speak of the Devil DVD. Used to, I used to have that on on Betamax. Oh, cool. taped it off Ooh, take it back. That, wow. that was like an MTV concert yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah. Um, but let's get back on track to what Militia is actually up to in 2013. You got the CBGB's Festival coming yeah. up. What are you doing there? Um, I'm actually doing two events. Um, it's like it's a. It's so cool to be on this like CBGB's festival. Um, it's cool that like they're keeping the spirit of CBGB's going in this way. Where does it take place? Um, at venues all around the oh, city. Oh, okay. All right. So it's kind of like the South by Southwest model right. in a way. Um, so a bunch of venues around the city, but there's a stage in Times Square too. Oh. Uh, I'm not on that stage. Right. I don't know who is, but someone is. And like, just the fact that like, I mean, that name is respected. Yeah. You okay. know, for good reason. I played every room in CBGB's. I played the main stage. I played the gallery upstairs and downstairs i love that place you know so i'm glad that i think it's hillary's daughter is keeping it going and uh her partners and stuff like that so it was a real honor to be asked to be a part of it um i'm doing the women in music panel 
that's going to be at the Sunshine Cinemas on Thursday the 10th from 4 to 5, Thursday, October 10th. Um, so, and I believe it's like me and Zena Coda from Sirius XM. Okay. Um, and people can ask you guys questions or you talk yeah, about we're the talking music business. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about uh, being a woman in music and just like the shit that happens, you know, because it's a definitely a different experience as a female, you know, as much as I used to think that it wasn't going to be different. It is different to be a female in the business of heavy metal versus being a male. It is different. And then throw like extra oddity into it to be a black female in the heavy metal business yeah and um so i get picked for panels now (laughs) good for you good for you yeah i guess i mean like i have no choice right but like so i spoke at south by southwest this year um talking about black women in rock which was amazing because i was sandwiched between um uh clive davis and stevie nicks oh wow like it was like fucking amazing. I was just like, oh, Clive Davis speaking. Oh, my panel's about to start. Like, what the oh, fuck? That wow. oh, cool. was awesome. But um, I thought you meant you were sitting between them. I was no, thinking, no, no, no. What but I'm saying the panel order. Rock. No, the yeah. like the order right, of I events right, is what right, I mean. Right. Um, ew, a sandwich of yeah. Clive Davis, <laughs> me and Stevie, which takes Clive out and, and then put Dave Grohl in. Hold the mayo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he's got enough mayo for everyone. But um, yeah, so I th- that was filthy. You hear in his new book, he like talks bisexual about being and, bisexual yeah. and da 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 da. I, 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 like, I haven't read it, but I heard about it. Yeah. That's all you need to know, right. really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what else do you need to know? Mm. I feel like that was like the hook to like get people like interested. But. Yeah. I don't know. It's not that he doesn't have intelligent things to say about music, because obviously he does. But got to sell books. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to sell books. It was just <laughs> obvious to me, and I don't like devices that are that obvious. But um, so, so now like I'm doing like panels now. So I'm doing this panel at CBGBs at Sunshine Cinemas to talk. The panel's called "Women in Rock or Women in Music: The Good, the Bad, and the What the Hell." Is right. the official name of it, which I think is very fitting um and i'm trying to think who else is on that panel if you knew who else was going to be on the panel with you um i'm I'm getting my panels confused i think because i have another panel next month um so but let's keep this tight so cbgb's festival on the 10th four to five at sunshine cinemas is the women in music panel and then i'm doing the performance at the canal room at 10 p.m it's the women in music it's called the She Rocks panel. Is it, is, is it like a backup band with you? Like, or well, you, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get into that in a second, too, because that's very exciting. Um, and then the other panel I'm doing is I'm doing, I'm playing Austin, um, closer to Halloween time, and I'm doing the Women in Music Conference, the Meow Cotton, the girl that started uh, Rocker Girl Magazine, Carla DeSantis Black. So the panel I'm doing there is um, with Janine Fury from Decibel. Okay. She's the moderator, and it's about like women in metal. Excellent. So that's cool. good shit. So that's going to be down there in Austin. Wow. Well, you're staying busy, and and there's there's more. Yeah. Uh, Militia's heavy metal house of voodoo. Yes. What 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 is this? All right. So where, this is, is exciting. This a Halloween thing. Uh. Well, every day is Halloween for me, okay. Mark. I mean, look <laughs> at me. But um, no, really, what it is is that like I just kind of like got sick of like seeing what's out there today. And I was like, God, I was like, everyone's like trying so hard to seem flawless. Like everyone's trying so hard to seem like they got their shit together. Like their act is tight. 
their look is tight they're you know um uh what do they call it like fatuits team like the team that like coordinates them their makeup artists their hair person they're gonna they gotta look a certain way they gotta act a certain way they gotta dress a certain way they gotta wear certain clothes like all this shit like just kind of like was making me ill and i was like you know what all these like pretty princesses everyone's trying so hard to be um perfect i was like what does every princess need a villain right and i was like i would like to be the opposite of everything that they stand for because i am i already think that way and i know a lot of people that don't that aren't into like the things that are trendy right now and there's trends like you know between like in the pop world and like even the rock world has trends and like the hipster world has their own trends with their fucking beards and their yeah, full totally. sleeve, you know, fill it up, you know, with whatever tattoos, mm -hmm. you know, like that shit is so impersonal. And like, to me, it's insulting as an artist or to be considered an artist and just like take on this like attitude of genera. So I was like, I want to create like this concept. Um, I shouldn't even say it's like a character, but in a way it is like, it's just like a concept of, being like the antithesis of all that shit. So I created this project called The Villainous and I've been when incubating you say project, it. Is, is it, is it performance, uh, music, obviously? Mm -hmm. Cause yep. I mean, that's what you do, right? Yep. Yeah. I am trying to create something that is like more multimedia as, as opposed to just being like, Oh, this is a band. Cause it's not a band or this is a, an so album. So when you say multimedia, it, it's, it's, it's music, but it's more than that. It's more than that. And what is the more? So I kind of, because of like the music business being the way it is, I feel like things have to be more mutable and uh, you have to be able to do more shit. So I kind of created this like broad spectrum concept project mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, I'm Militia, but then my band is Militia Vox. So, which is AKA Militia's voice. So like as the band, you get to hear like the music that I'm creating, the songs that I've written, and then any kind of music that I want to reinterpret and do it my way. I do it under the umbrella of the villainous Militia Vox. Cool. I'm also putting out um, a book of poetry and eroticism from a female perspective that's very like um, dark. And um, I tend to think it's something that like women like what women really feel about sexuality, but they don't really say it because they're afraid of coming off as slutty or coming off as whorish or whatever, that they're expected to be a certain way. Like saying you were sandwiched between Stevie Nicks and Clyde <laughs> Davis. Exactly. Cause that's the ultimate in slutty. Um, so there's that. And it's, it's kind of like, it's that. And then it's also personal thoughts and lyrics and pictures and all that kind of stuff. Now, is that, that is that going to be geared to both a male and female audience, or sure. just yeah, because Absolutely. it sounds really cool. What uh, guy I, wouldn't want to read that? Yeah, I want to read it. Like, See? <laughs> exactly. You already got me. It's kind of like you know, like some girls like dirty journal, but it's yeah, not like some it. girls' dirty journal. It's mine, so it's Good. like a lot more mischievous than I guess the average girl. But so there's that, and then there's also like my the live performance aspects. I've created concerts under different. Um, uh, shouldn't even say like it's like there's different concerts you're never going to see the same show twice when you come to see militia box so for example Very like cool. malicious heavy metal house of voodoo i've added like a new orleans style like voodoo like horn section 
with my metal band for like a thicker orchestration. And it's kind of like a blend of the Divine Miss M meets Metallica's S&M. So it's still dark and heavy, so any metalhead will like it. However, it's got that weird little gri-gri in it that makes it like kind of scary and haunting and dark and edgy. And the venue that it's at is this burlesque house. So it's like beautiful and it's all white and like we're going to come in there with our darkness and just like (laughs) Which uh, venue is that? Because I know of a couple places. Uh, Dwayne Park. Where where is that at? It's, It's the old Bowery Poetry Club. Okay. They've renovated the whole place. It's all white and like stunning looking. Wow, that's great. So I wanted to create a project that would be able to work in different atmospheres. So it's flexible. So it's like, all right, well, I can go into Dwayne Park and do, um, uh, I shouldn't even say campier, but just like a more streamlined type of show that's a little bit more cabaret-esque. But also like my band's head is playing that CBGB's thing, which is going to be like more punk oriented and then we're gonna play in austin and it's gonna be like very like voodoo hoodoo but very visual you know so like i took this thing as a means to just be able to do a flexible thing so it's not like you know if you go see rush it's gonna be the same way right you know you what to expect when you go to a rush show but when you come to see militia box it's gonna be different always sometimes i'll have a 30-piece orchestra with my metal band. Sometimes it'll just be the orchestra. Sometimes it'll be the orchestra and the horns. You know, it's like, sometimes it'll be, you know, it's gonna be different all the time. I just wanted to like, give people A, a reason to come back and see it, and B, have it be exciting to my brain, because as an artist, my brain moves like, very fast, and I don't want anything to seem redundant. So that's why I created this thing, to make it always ever-changing and exciting, you know? Where can people find out about this online? Is there a website? Is yep. it your website? Yeah, uh, go to my website, uh, www.militiaismyname.com. Okay. M-I-L-I-T-I-A-I-S-M-Y-N-A-M-E. Um, and there's always updates about like what I'm doing and what shows are coming up and what to expect. I basically like took everything that I like in life and put it into a blender. Yeah. So I'm like, I like horror. I like you know, um, dark aesthetics. I like heavy music. You know, I like um, like witchy type yeah. things. I'm just gonna blend it all up and put it out in different forms. Right. Gotcha. So I even have shows that are multimedia. So if you come see the show, there's projections going on wow. during the show. You know, that's all been videoed in advance with like clips that I painstakingly went through and created so it's in time with the music. Excellent. You know, shit like that. So it's like, it's an event. It's a happening. It's not just like, oh yeah, we're a bunch of people getting together to play. You know? Mm-hmm. It's more theatrical than other stuff that I've done in the past. And like, my band is representative of that, you know? And I kind of took people from like, other areas of my life and put them together in the super group. So like, Josette from Priestess is on lead guitar. And then Cassandra Sotos is on electric violin. We played together with Mark Wood, who I know from Van Helsing's Curse. Okay. Right. You know, and then like... Which D. Snyder was... Right. Yeah, okay. And then like Matt James and I played together when we did this ambitious orchestra with the Lady Circus and did, you know, that whole aerial thing at House of Yes in Brooklyn, you know, who also plays in Angel Spit. You know, it's like, it's very incestuous, this whole band. Gotcha. But it all makes sense in my mind. Like, it's just like, 
these are people that I love working with, so I wouldn't I use them for something else? And then it creates more jobs and work for them and then me. And then we're able to play more events because we're flexible in how we play. Cool. You know, and it's more exciting because it's more shit. It's just like more stuff to consider. I can play a stripped down show with just me and Josette on guitar, you know, and it would still be just as intense as the huge, you know, orchestrated concerts with the with the multimedia projections and shit, you know, so. Right on. I just want to create something unique. Speaking of musicians from your past, um, what happened with the swear on your life? Is the, is is that defunct now or do you? Do you, you envision it coming Well, it was back always funky. Yeah. It was the <laughs> funk, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was It was literally, I just like, I kind of just like, honestly, I got sick of um, bringing in new members that had an equal say onto right. what happens with the band. Yeah. Because when I'm like the head, like bitch in charge, and I'm splitting <laughs> votes right. with people about, oh, do we put this person in the liner notes? It's like, well, yeah, we do because because we do. And then have people go, no, and my vote is equal to yours. It's like, well, no, because I make all the other decisions and right. I'm putting more investment into it. So that whole equal vote thing is just not for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, hear you. <laughs> I feel that way with John, actually. Oh, of course. How can you not? Look what he shows up dressed in, his striped shirt. My work, work outfit. I know. <laughs> Militia, thanks so much for coming back once again. Your, I believe, your fourth time on the show. I'm not yep. sure. I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, and count. But uh, we always love catching up with you, and you always have so much cool stuff going on. We want the Talking Metal listeners to go and support you. Check out your website. I know you're on Twitter. Are you on Facebook too? Sure, or, of okay. course. Where where Isn't do we everyone? where do we see you on Facebook? Um, well, my personal page is Militia is my name. It's facebook.com slash Militia is my name. Okay. But I'm maxed out, so don't add me. Oh, wow. People like my uh, I hate to say fan page. Right. I feel like fan is like one of the worst words in existence these days. It's true. We we you know sometimes accidentally say oh a talking metal fan but i what i now I say, say supporter. is yeah that's good supporter yeah. is good i say talking metal listener or viewer um but i like supporter but as an that, artist you can't say that so you just i say right. supporter yeah i think i'm going to change it to can i still that can i use supporter too sure okay but but we understand you, you don't want to say drink. fan uh, bud friendly fans are still referred to as fans <laughs> In that case, th- that's acceptable because it's the only way to be. But yeah, well, thanks so much for joining us. And oh, no, wait, uh, we so will I want to tell you the yes, yeah, the yeah we will link your Facebook page. But give us the uh, official address. It's fan it's, page. Yeah, uh, supporter the supporter page. page. Yes, it's www. slash militia official. And I wish I could change that, but until Zuckerberg makes it easy to combine, you know. The personal page and the in the supporter page. Right. That's what I have right now. So militia official. Cool. And of course, Talking Metal has uh, a few different pages on there, guys. So search Talking Metal. You will find us on Facebook too. And uh, do do we give the Twitter handle? I think we do. Uh, Mine is militia yeah. is my name. Militia mm-hmm. is my name. And uh, so much exciting stuff going on. What would you like to play for the Talking Metal listener right now? Ooh. So it can be some one of your songs, or uh, we can play a cover, you know. Well, of course, I'm going to be yeah. vain. Yes. I want you all to hear The Guilty One by Militia Box. Excellent. It and was, actually, that song is on the Black Rock Coalition 
a compilation CD about black women in metal. And it came out in conjunction with um, Lena Dawes' book called What Are You Doing Here? That's all about black women in metal. So it's like a black woman's liberation in hardcore and metal scene. Traded to myself In your heart A hazard to my health One day I woke up And I stopped and looked around I took from your suffocation And found my ambition Smashed lying dead on the ground With self-preservation Crying out I'm saying 